Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Finks. All right, man. And we're back. Episode 88. And I finally got it right for the first time in quite a while. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah, we're back on Proud it. Proud of you. Yeah, we're back on it, man. <laughs> All right, hitting it from the back. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the most funny stories we caught recently was uh, uh, PETA, who was, you know, what does that stand for again, PETA? Um, pussy eating, terrorizing astronomy. Okay, yeah. Well, those people... <laughs> 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 Those people, um, they seen the Georgia Bulldog on TV, and they said he looks sad and he needs to retire, right? Mm-hmm. And they his said his name is Ugga, right? Yeah, his name is Ugga, mm-hmm. the Georgia Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And they made this assessment by looking at him on TV, saying he looks sad and whatnot. He looks miserable. He looks miserable, right? First of all, that breed of dog always looks like that. They're fucking lazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're lazy-looking dogs. They just fucking chill. Mm-hmm. But, right, uh, they basically felt that it was animal cruelty in a way that they were making this dog travel to away games and home yeah. games and whatever the case, right? But yeah. this is this sh- goes to show you that perception is not always reality. Wait, what? What were a lot of people were saying, um, basically that they need to retire the dog, right? And he needs to be at home with a loving family and right. stuff like that. So this right. is kind of like a precursor to what you're about to say. Exactly. Right. So before we say all this, we preface we preface that by stating that's what they said. Right. All right. Yeah. Now, this is the truth behind it. I did more. I dug up and did some more research on this. Mm-hmm. This motherfucking dog lives better than the average human being. This dog, that dog house that they seen him in, that dog has a personal built-in AC unit and it sleeps next to a bag of ice. And the reason why the dog probably looks so sad is just because he was so drunk off life this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) this motherfucker has a bag of ice next to him and they feed him and they pet him all day this dog this dog gets baths and oats like they get like this like almost like oatmeal soap and Mm -hmm. they put it on the dog's coat and clean him up and then they put baby soap on his face this dog has its own fucking room this dog yeah (laughs) this dog not only does he have his own room this dog has its own publicist that's crazy. This dog has his own publicist, fucking social media. This dog gets the top of the line snacks. Yeah. This, this dog has a family, and he is, this dog is number nine of the Uggas, is what they call them. Mm. This number nine, all these these uh, uh, bulldogs are related. Yeah. And um, this is a tradition. Oh, and this dog has its own fucking car. They take this dog in a car that's specially set up for the dog, and the, the AC is on full blast because uh, bulldogs do bad in, in hot weather. So mm-hmm. this motherfucker has its own car that's set at 60 degrees the whole time. And, like, it's just hilarious to me because PETA is coming after the university when the university is treating the dog better than PETA ever could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That it definitely just jump into conclusions, right? We talked about before about body language and you know in reference to the Malcolm Gladwell book, right? But um, this is definitely one of those cases. Like they didn't really assess the situation overall. No, they definitely didn't do their research as far as what the dog go through goes through on a daily basis in order to get prepared for these games. Yeah. Um, 
and it's not rigorous work. It's not like no. you know somebody's riding the the dog's back or anything. Like the dog is chilling, and then you know w- during uh, at the beginning of the game or halftime or whatever, he right. trot out there and then go back to sitting inside the thing. Yeah, and so. the and the dog has a loving family that these dogs and families have been the same for mm-hmm. decades and decades. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, you made an assumption that was so wrong. I guarantee you, let's say some the representative or whatever, the PETA took the dog away from the university. That it you, would be miserable. It would be really miserable. Be miserable. Yeah. Then the dog would Yeah. Uh-huh. It got acclimated to a certain lifestyle. Right. PETA take him away. You know, PETA, they probably get, you know, philanthropic donations and whatnot, but the right. University of Georgia's endowment is probably way crazier than anything Peter could offer him. Right. That's like taking P. Diddy out of his house and moving him to Bakersfield. <laughs> like, yo, I don't like this, man. I don't like this, man. Take that, take that, take that. I can't breathe that. I can't breathe that. I can't breathe. Yo, man, this air is bad, man. <laughs> yeah, th- this dog is living the fucking life, man. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's it's crazy how quickly, and this is what people do in general, not just to this dog, but people will look at things and turn their perception into reality. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. You know, uh, PETA gets caught up in these things all the time. You know, they're always trying to uh, stir up some trouble, especially on our social media. I feel like they're, they're doing a lot of clickbaity stuff. Right. You know, trying to, you know, trying to get headlines, trying to become uh you know trending topics and what and whatnot a lot of times right you know, just bashing celebrities and stuff like that i don't know if they're really trying to get to the root root of these problems because they could have did this in a more yeah uh thought thoughtful way you know yeah. they could have contacted the athletic director or right. something but they wanted to get on social media and try to make a headline out of this out of this and you know they got pie on their face now because right you realize this dog is living a life yeah i mean when you go to social media you're trying to out somebody that's what you're trying to do yeah you've taken it upon yourself to say hey i'm going to a major platform and i'm going to use your name and your likeness to make you look bad because i don't think this dog's being treated right even though i don't know shit i'm gonna make an assumption that this dog is getting treated like a dog slave and and i'm gonna put this shit on twitter yeah. When in actuality, the dog, it's the other way around. Like, mm-hmm. we cater to this dog. Yeah. People wait in lines to take pictures with this dog. Mm-hmm. The Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Georgia, she came with her little, you know, the little, whatever that ribbon thing on. She's like, oh, my God, it's Ugga. I want to take a picture with the dog. And, yeah. <laughs> and the dog just chilling, not giving a fuck about <laughs> nobody. <laughs> The dog is just taking shits like, clean up my shit, bitch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, you know, it's, just, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's just people. Shout out to Ugga, man. Yeah, hold shout it out. down. Yeah, shout out P.O.P. Hold it down. <laughs> this dog is holding it down. When you guys get a chance, go to YouTube and look it up, and you'll see that I'm not bullshitting. Oh, and by the way. Uh, this dog doesn't do too much trotting because they pick his fucking ass up. <laughs> they walk with the dog. The dog barely walks, and he is fat. <laughs> this dog looks like one of y'all uncles. I'm telling ah. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This dog got all kinds of pressure. Not just high, but he got blood, high blood pressure, peer pressure. He got all the pressures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Switching gears, man. Um. Thanksgiving just passed. I wish we would have did some type of Thanksgiving 
uh, you know, thing. But we've we've passed it, so it's just the way the weeks are set up. But yeah, uh, we'll start off by stating what we're thankful for. Um, and I'll start off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am thankful for personally is I'm thankful for my health because um, you know, a lot of people are in bad health. Um, I'm thankful also for my family. Um, being as you know, I don't have a whole bunch of family out here. Uh, but Keith and his family are like my family also, so I'm blessed for them. And I'm thankful for this podcast. It's it's changed my life. Um, it's changed my viewpoint on the world, and mm-hmm. it's changed me. It's given me something to. It's given me um, even more of an incentive to uh, make it outside of what I'm doing now. And I'm also thankful for Keith doing the podcast with me. I couldn't ask for a better co-host, uh, mm-hmm. someone that got a degree. And creates for a living, you know, and without, you know, without him creating things, then, you know, he would not get where he wants to be. So having someone like that every week doing this shit is it's great. You Mm -hmm. know, I I could have some guy named Bob that just scratches his fucking balls all day. (laughs) But I got Keith. So that (laughs) that's that's definitely uh, something to be thankful for. And last but certainly not least, I'll be scratching my ball still. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Last and certainly not least, I'm thankful for wet pussy. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Because when that thing is wet, I come fast like a jet. Hey, that was simply for comedy relief, folks. Okay, if you just tune into the podcast, That's funny, this is how man. we get down over here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but wet pussy is the jam. <laughs> All right, Keith, your turn, man. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, just thankful for um, just the opportunity to see your family again. Right. You know, as as we get older, I start to realize that um, people just kind of grow apart. You know, right. Um. It's, it's, it just becomes harder and harder to actually maintain that same contact with, with the people that you grew up with, whether it's your cousins or your uncles or whomever. Because, um, you know, all them, they have kids now and they got their own families and you know, their their moms are aunts and uncles and, you know, or whatever. Those are grandparents now. True. So it's a whole it's a whole different dynamic that, you know, we're trying to uh, uphold. Right. Um, but definitely, you know, like you said, health. You know, just, you know, there's, you know, so many people that we've seen this year and, you know, in past years um, you know, suffering due to health issues. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely uh, thankful for that. Um, definitely the podcast, too. You know, just, you know, you, you know, me and you being able to um, every single week, you know, pour out our thoughts and, you know, our emotions and, right. you know, try to, you know, learn from one another and, you know, teach teach people in our audience about, you know, life experiences and you know, just having a platform to get some stuff off your chest. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's just, that's just dope overall. And <clears throat> just um, the dynamic of constantly trying to grow and get better at what we're doing. You know what I mean? We constantly conversate about how we can take the podcast to the next level. And, right. you know, I think we're on the right path. So we just got to keep it going. And, um, yeah, that's about it, man. Oh, well, 
That was great, man. Got really, mm-hmm. got really uh, sappy at the end. <laughs> I, I thought Keith was about to start crying. <laughs> we got to go to the next fucking topic. Here. <laughs> nah, man. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely thankful for all those things. Um, you know, doing this podcast is a form of therapy for me, being as I see wacky and interesting things throughout the week, and I don't vent on social media too much about it, based on the fact that you know we have the platform for that. Yeah. So instead of being the first motherfucker on Twitter, the first person on Instagram to sound off, I want to give you a full dose of what the fuck I'm thinking, because whatever's in my brain is coming out and I ain't wrote nothing down. So, you know, there it is. Um, more into the topic. Um, we had Thanksgiving with our families. Um, yeah. I was going to go chill with my family and then also stop by and uh, chill with Keith's fam as well. But. I was just too tired and I ate too much fucking food. So mm-hmm. after I ate all that shit, I just chilled with my fam and uh, and just had a great time. Yeah. But what's funny is I think the person I'm the most thankful for, I'm not saying I'm not thankful for my other family equally, is my grandfather. Yeah. My grandfather doesn't pull any punches. He will tell you some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He will tell you some fucked up shit, some offensive shit and not give a fuck because old people don't have filters they they have not conformed to this new wave of you know they don't give a fuck about gender fluid or fucking you know uh misgendering (laughs) people they don't give a fuck about none of that shit Mm -hmm. so what what they do is is and they don't care about hurting anyone's feelings they'll tell you exactly how they feel yeah i remember one time uh he's done this shit to me my sister my cousins or whoever uh, I seen him recently, and he was like, hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, not a lot. Uh, you putting on a little bit of weight, ain't you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, shit. <laughs> Hello, Grandpa. Yeah. You know? But he's done that shit to my sister and everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hilarious. He'll tell you some shit like, you ain't married yet? You ain't got your girlfriend? And I'll be like, uh, no, nobody I'll bring around my family. He's like, well, shoot, I thought you was playing for the other team. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck you talking about, Grandpa? Uh, Shit. I thought you was a switch hitter. I didn't even know. I, I thought you was going to, fall, to first base. <laughs> like, Grandpa, no. God damn it. thought you was taking hikes. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's hilarious, man. Had a great time. Um, I'll, I'll keep this completely anonymous, but you know, at certain times you're having conversations with family mm-hmm. and you know, you'll say something and they'll disagree and you're like, I'm not going to argue with them. But then what happens is, is they, they are so like, they are, are, are like steadfast with this idea that look, I'm right. And yeah. even though I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to keep believing I'm right. And then like four or five people disprove what that what your other family members talking about and they still run with it you're just like oh my god yeah like dude there's google mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think that's a sign of disrespect when people don't believe what you're saying oh yeah yeah, yeah. it just it says that they just don't respect you true mm-hmm. yeah you don't value my opinion enough to really you know mm-hmm. care it's not even my opinion it's a fact yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, I can respect that too. But just take the time to uh, look it up, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and if I also tell you don't don't listen to me, look it up. Like, don't believe me, look it up. And then when you find I know what I'm talking about, then you'll finally probably even then you might not respect me as you should. But for mm-hmm. Christ's sake, fuck! Don't yeah. keep running with an idea if you're wrong. 
at least admit to me that, you know, or acknowledge to me that, you know, I, you know, I was, I was right about whatever I was talking about. Right. Right. But yeah. then, I mean, you're not going to get that either, especially yeah. if you, if you grow up in a family, they think they know you the best and, yeah. you know, you could be completely right about something, but they have, they're running with this idea that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not a valid person. So yeah. why am I going to listen to Eddie? Eddie doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I remember when he was four and he said this, well, Eddie is 34 and mm-hmm. he knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Don't run with this idea that I'm just this fucking four year old when I'm, you know, I'm a grown man that mm-hmm. actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But look, true. at the end of the day, you cannot be mad at anyone. These are your family. You love mm-hmm. them. Take it or leave it. They love me for who I am. I love them for who they are, mm-hmm. you know, but hey, it's one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Is your mic tripping? No, I had put on a, um, I was just messing with some effects over here. I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) You got me sounding like Michael Jackson on one of his albums in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop till you get enough. (laughs) Sound like I was in a hallway for a second. Yeah. I thought, well, yeah, I'll talk about it later. Okay. Go ahead, Keith. Um, Sorry. But, um, (laughs) yeah, one of the things that, you know, bothered me about this Thanksgiving was, um, like I said before, a lot of these, a lot of families are growing apart now, you know, like, right. you know, we're getting older and whatnot. Um, so everyone is, you know, once upon a time in the early 2000s and in the 90s and stuff, it used to be a big family event. Right. Um, and as the years went on, you know, in 2019, it was, it was like a, it was a small, low key, low key thing, which didn't bother me. You know, I don't mind it at all. But what did bother me was that, you know, obviously Thanksgiving is a big deal because it's, you know, some of our most favorite foods. Right. And, you know, it only happened, it on this kind of thing only happens, you know, one time a year, maybe on Christmas, you know, we kind of make similar foods on Christmas. Yeah. Um, but what, what ended up happening is people that didn't show up still wanted a plate. Mm. So it's like what was happening was, you know, it was certain people, aunts and uncles, you know, basically stacking plates oh, in order man. to take to these people that didn't actually show up to the, right. to the gathering. And, you know, it's fine if, if you got a legit reason, like if you got, you know, somebody at school or somebody is working or they couldn't get off, they work at Walmart or whatever, right. that's fine. But what was happening was people was just sitting at home or saying <sighs> they couldn't make it for whatever reason and still getting a plate. I'm like, yo, that's out. And, yeah. you know, it was... You know, I don't have, you know, a problem sharing or anything like that, but it was just, it was getting out of hand. People were stacking plates, man. Yeah, you could have just fucking came. Yeah, just go to the house. <laughs> like, you know, stop being, you know, whatever high horse you, you at. I mean, I showed up. Yeah, high horse my ass. Yeah. You, if you're on a high horse, but you ain't too high of a horse because you still want the food that's here. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's going on, man? Yeah. I, I got it's some it's some family. Like, if you have like functions like a family reunion or whatever, they're making taking fucking troughs home of food, mm-hmm. and it's like, come on, man. And it's yeah. Just yeah. that whole stingy mentality is um is really annoying to right me. Mm-hmm. right like that the um what the, what they call that like I don't know like. Oh, similar to like a fear of missing out kind of thing. Ah. Like you don't want the food to be gone or ah. you, know, you don't want you want to cherish this. I don't know what it is, but it's like, yo, this is just food. 
Like you don't have to be so True. stingy about I it. I think it's another element to it. I think it's almost as if like I see my family all the time anyways and I don't really feel like going. I want to stay here, but yeah. I enjoy the food. And it's like, no, hold on a minute. When I went to chill with my family, I wanted to chill with my family. Exactly. I, I, initially, I wasn't supposed to have the day off because, you know, um, you know, I was supposed to work, but it started snowing. The I-5 got closed down, so I was able to chill with my family. I didn't give a fuck about that food. The food was yeah. good. The food was good as a motherfucker, first of all. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my Uncle Anthony for the tamales. That shit was fire. Them tamales are so good, I called him uh, Anthony Gonzalez. Anyway, (laughs) 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 that shit was good. Everything was great, Mm -hmm. right? For any family members that come across this podcast, the food was amazing. It was great. And it was too much food. Like, we we had, it was was some people that showed up, but we had too much food. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, I think it was my aunt, she said, we got too much food in here. And I was like, that's a first world problem. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> you know, our problem is that we got too much food in here. Yeah. And it's like, take something home. I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. the food was great, but I can't be you eating can't that. can't be eating that multiple days. Nah, yeah. not multiple days. That'd be messed up. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it was good, you know, mm-hmm. but though, that after Thanksgiving shit ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. You'd be on the toilet blowing out Thanksgiving from 1985 yeah. out of your asshole. What is it called? Ain't it called like Brown Friday or something like that? Brown, uh, yeah, I think Brown friday they call it because mm-hmm. after yeah, everybody talked eat about that was it last year yes we, we did about that yeah yeah brown, brown friday it's the busiest day for plumbers because people are shitting the whole day and yeah. they're shitting so much that they're backing up toilets and people got to come clean it out yeah it's crazy yeah. sometimes it'd be topics we talked about on a podcast and it'd be feeling like yesterday we talked about her i'm yeah. like dang that was a year Fucking ago we year talked ago. about right freaking brown friday but that's important it's important to stick with what you're doing because all of a sudden five years will pass and you'll be like damn i can't believe we made it and you'll be like hold on a minute mm-hmm. that was seven fucking years ago yeah right so that's why it's important to stick with it you look at even if you look like at a, at a guy like nipsey hustle's career he's been rapping since like 2004 mm-hmm. 2005 mm-hmm. so it's like fuck you know um yeah. he came out with hustle in the house at like 2008 i think mm-hmm. 2007 um and and to the time he passed he worked that hard he got a grammy but he had been on the ground a long time working yeah so i think that you look at something like that that's what we have to do Mm -hmm. um but yeah man um i don't know there's a lot yeah Uh, um there was something else we wanted to mention too about uh family members using whether it's like uh either profane uh, i won't say profane but saying discriminatory or racist things during that time Mm-hmm. And they don't even realize it because they old school. Like you, you, you're like I hear my uncle use the f word like toward, instead of for gay people instead of instead of the f word. Uh, it rhymes with maggot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you'll hear him drop some f bombs, or you know you'll hear some racial slurs or whatever mm-hmm. the case. And that's you gay? Yeah, that's that's some f some some maggot shit or whatever mm-hmm. the case. And you love your family, man. You love your family regardless. But, you know, I'm sure we got some white listeners that their uncle be dropping the M-bomb mm-hmm. all motherfucking day. And you know it's wrong. You know Especially what I'm saying? Especially during that football game. You're like, nigger, catch the ball. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Dak, you nigger, you better throw that pig skin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll replace you with another black if you don't get your shit together. Right? And Someone this- that's full black because you're ass. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no half nigger out there throwing these bad passes. We get a real black out here. 
that nigger Lamar Jackson is running all up and down the field, and you're throwing these ducks up in the air, you nigger. You getting tired of this shit. <laughs> I'd rather eat a bowl of taters than watch this shit. <laughs> nah, man. But yeah, man, I know we got some white listeners, and it ain't your fault, man. You know what I'm saying? You probably got an uncle or a cousin or somebody that hate black people. You love them. And you know, but you know they fucked up and they're a piece of shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But we got, we all got family like that, man. Yeah, you know, family that be saying some wild, crazy shit that you don't necessarily agree with. The worst ones be the biracial, the, the biracial families. What do you, you mean? Got a whole bunch of different, um, like the uncle will marry a white girl. Okay, or the you know the the, the aunt will marry a Mexican dude or uh-huh. whatever, and it, it be it be a lot of that going on in there, and you know it you know it get swept under the rug. Well, like, what do you mean? Give some context. Like, you know, it'd be, it'd be if it, so if you have uh, a black dude that married a white girl, uh-huh. um, maybe the, 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 the wife's sister will come around or, okay. you know, a, you know, or it, depending on what side of the family or where you go to, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the aunt will be there or the white side of the family will uh-huh. be there and, you know, just just playing the probability in a numbers game is probably a racist aunt or uncle, you know, okay. somewhere in the vicinity. Right. Oh, got it. So, got you know, it. if you're the only black guy around, you know, you might behind closed doors or whatever, it might be some racial slurs slurs being thrown around. Oh, yeah, for certain. But I mean, it, and vice versa, because if you got, I mean, obviously we come from black family. So yeah. if one of the dudes that you related to bring a white girl over, they'd be like, oh, this nigga done brought the white girl over. Yeah. <laughs> got a snow bunny around. Oh, you got a snow bunny. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't call white girls snow bunnies. That's mm-hmm. just disrespectful. Because <laughs> imagine if, if a black girl went over an all white house and they was like, oh, you got your chocolate bunny, huh? You got the chocolate bunny, huh? Oh, chocolate, That's huh? a wild statement. You got, you got Shanika over here, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she got a food stamp card. Ah. <laughs> no, he's like, no, she doesn't have fucking food stamps, man. That's my girlfriend, bro. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I just heard something about the sisters, man. <laughs> heard they got food stamps. I don't know, man. That's funny, dude. People like this exist in everybody's motherfucking family. I don't give a fuck what y'all say yeah we all got someone that's completely ignorant that says the wrong shit around people or they might be racist as a motherfucker or they homophobic as a motherfucker whatever the case mm-hmm. i got a I got a gay cousin that whenever my uncle is around he don't even want to be around because my uncle will say some really homophobic shit and he's like you know what i can't even be around him because i'm gonna cry if he around <laughs> 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 I'm like, damn, bro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I think um is is not much you could do really. You know what nah. I mean? You know, you're talking to these people and trying to game them up only goes so far. Right. Um I told this one dude who shall rename remain nameless, mm-hmm. um, he said the the maggot word. Uh-huh. And I was like, bro, you can't be saying that. Yeah. And he was like, saying what? And I was like, the F word, and then he was like well, that shouldn't be gay. It's <laughs> like, nigga, what? <laughs> what kind of logic is that? Did nobody asked him to be gay. Right. Okay. That logic he had make no sense, right? What if somebody was like, uh, I don't know, what if it was a white guy like saying the N-word, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like saying nigger. And he was like, hey, don't say that, man. What? Mm-hmm. The N-word? Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be black. <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of like, no, that there is no, that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, 
I just think people are I think people are too set in their ways sometimes. Yeah. When, when you've been dumb for 45 years, I don't even I'm not trying to change anything about you, bro. Yeah. I just I have to choose to love you as you are or motherfucking not fuck with you. Yeah. And I got family. I love them dearly. But they be on some they be saying some wild shit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And the thing that the thing that sucks about it the most is that um we realize in you know, kinda like the example I just gave before, the when you're talking about these certain people, whether it's white people, black people, yeah, you know, homosexuals, whatever, they're they're close to you already right right, right. it may be a cousin it may be a you know whatever i you know like i said i've had uncle say you know oh that's gay that's gay and you know i got multiple gay cousins right so it's like you know you just got to be mindful of what you're saying because you know it's crazy yeah no be funny is if you got a gay cousin like your uncles will say some shit like Man, he over there on that bullshit, man. <laughs> like, man, he just the kid is gay, man. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, life is tough on him, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, do positive affirmations actually work? If you go throughout the world saying, Oh, things aren't that bad, you know, I'm going to do this, or you know, actually it's not that bad. Keith gave a great example of something right now, and I'd rather him just give some context to it before we mm-hmm. take off on this. Um, I honestly forgot what I said. It was this, that person that was saying something about themselves. Like, actually, it's that's my strongest point. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah, I was talking to this person, and then um, basically uh, what they did... Well, I'll flip the, I'll flip the example. Um, so, imagine somebody saying... That they are, they are, um, they are a loving person, right? And uh, you know, like in the in the past, we've talked about uh, like love addiction and you right. know and stuff like that. So uh, basically, what happens is, you know, well, I'll give the real example because it's, it's too hard to flip. Yeah, it. it's gonna be a lot. Yeah. So this person um, is an is a is a very emotional person. Right. So what happened was we're, we're having a conversation and um, said something, something about being very emotional and in, you know, in American society, someone saying that they're emotional is, 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 is deemed to be negative. Right. Right. You know, we could, we could all agree that, you know, if someone says like, oh, you're, you're just too emotional. It, it has like a negative connotation. Yeah, to it. it definitely does. So what happened was a person was telling me something about them being emotional, but they, they flipped it in a way, you know, they first said, like, you know, I'm very emotional in the, in, and it seemed to come off like a negative thing. And then they flipped it and they were like, well, I actually think that that's one of my more uh, positive qualities. Right. You know what I mean? So in there, basically what they did is try to put like a positive spin on, you know, something that's usually um, usually deemed as a negative. Um, so that got me to thinking, like, do uh, positive affirmations really work? Like, does that person genuinely believe that being emotional is a positive, uh, like, quality? And um, basically, me and Eddie, we're, we're just chopping it up, and we we came to the... He had a different point, but I, I came to the conclusion that um, they do work, but only if you genuinely, like, in the deep pits of your heart, really believe it. Right. Because there's a lot of stuff we say, you know, you see these people on social media all the time posting these 
positive affirmations every day on right. our stories, you know, Instagram and, and stuff like that. But you talk to them in person and you realize that they don't actually believe anything that they're posting. No. Or, you know, it may be something about being a powerful woman or whatever. And, 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 and you talk to them in person and you realize they're extremely insecure. So it's like positive affirmations are cool, but you have to do the, I guess you have to do your due diligence to actually genuinely believe um, these things. Because only you in your heart know if you believe it or not. You know right. what I mean? If if I wake up every day and say, um, I will be uh, successful, I will be successful, I will be successful. But in my mind, I know I'm not actually working towards anything. Then it's just words at the end of the day. Exactly. But if I wake up and I'm actually um, doing the work and I don't actually use the positive affirmations, that's just as valuable or, or even more valuable than than the positive affirmations. Yeah. I, but I think that the positive affirmations are a good thing if it's something that you incorporate habitually and you start to buy into it yeah. and then that becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're not um, trying to tell yourself positive things. You actually have bought into the idea. Mm-hmm. But ultimately what people do is what we see on social media. They'll post this positive stuff. Every post is of Les Brown. Every post is of, you know, I am a powerful woman and I hear me roar and all this shit. But then they are the most insecure. They don't believe in they self. All this shit. Mm-hmm. There are some people like I am a beautiful woman. Hear me roar. They post all these selfies and all of that. But then you meet them. And they're really insecure. They got to put a filter on every photo. Yeah. Because they don't like what their face look like. Yeah. You know, so do positive affirmations really work? In my opinion, the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, if you if you really believe in, uh, if you really have bought into it and believe in yourself, then they work. But no, if you believe in the fact that adding this element to your life is going to make you be something and you're not that something, mm-hmm. then there's a problem. Yeah. Because you're now you're faking it. Yeah. And that ain't good because you can't keep that up. Yeah. You know, you're trying to convince at that point, you're trying to convince me that you've bought into a positive affirmation instead of you actually buying into yeah, it. Yeah, you haven't bought into it yourself. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not good at all. Mm-hmm. That that actually you're you're adding another layer of dysfunction to your life yeah. instead of that cuz it's like if you're mad, then I think that if you're really mad, don't act like you're not. Yeah. You know, don't mm-hmm. act like I'm going to speak something positive instead of being mad. Mm-hmm. If you're mad, own that emotion. Own yeah. it. Figure out how to get past it and then you could do something else. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I was telling Eddie earlier too that they sometimes um if I'm not doing something or if someone asks me to do something and I haven't done it or whatever, um, and I'll be like, yo, man, I'm I've been slacking, man. I need to I need to get on the ball. And then this person using those same sort of ideals, those positive affirmation ideals, would be like, No, you're not slacking, you're just a really busy person and you know, um, you'll get it together. You know, you just you just need to you just need to um, you know make time for these certain things or whatever. Hmm. And I'm just like, no, that's not true. Like I right. was really slacking. Like right. you know, I I know myself that um, I could have done it and I just didn't do it. I was either you know just you know being lazy or whatever the case may be. But I don't need that positive affirmation to right. you know, to let me know that I you know that I should have done something. Right. Like I know in my heart what I'm capable of doing and what I'm um, 
you know, just we got 24 hours in a day and I need to devote certain time to do certain things. And no, I, I just need to do it. I don't need no positive affirmation to, you know, do that. And, and, and am I, do you use, you know, positive affirmations or is, are you? Um, me personally, um, <clears throat> I do use positive affirm- affirmations, but they're a reflection of the belief I have in myself. Yeah. So it's more of a more of something that I have uh, developed over time. Yeah. Because these I haven't always had these positive affirmations or used them. Mm-hmm. I think it started about five years ago, and it starts with with self accountability. Mm-hmm. When you're accountable, you can look in the mirror and you say, "Look, man, you're not doing enough. You're not enough. You yeah. you should be better. You can do better. You're mm-hmm. better than this." It starts off with accountability. Then after that, you say you start saying things like, "I know I started this day out bad. Like I have a blown out tire. I know my this tire blown out. I know I started late. I know that you know that sandwich was nasty that I ate, but." This is going to be a good day because I said it's going to be a good day. Mm-hmm. That's the type of positive affirmation I'm going to have. Yeah. And then what I do is is I'll say, this is going to be a good day because I said it's going to be a good day. Not to mention that four years ago, I am way more blessed now than I was then. Yeah. So I'm not going to allow something this small to get me off course. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the type of positive affirmations I speak. But I don't like when people use, they mask uh a positive affirmation and use it as an excuse. Yes. Earlier you said, um, well, you're busy, Keith. I, you know, no, I'm not going to let you take this positive affirmation and mask it as an excuse. Yeah. When I know I need to be more self accountable for what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I don't use positive affirmations as excuses Mm -hmm. or, you know, faking the funk. I use them as real, like I use them as tools Mm-hmm. to get me through days that might get tough yeah you know where i'm starting to get real pissed off at something then I, it's time for me to give that situation some, some perspective yeah like if i'm pissed off about something I'm like yo it's somebody i'm mad at this situation but it's somebody that would be dying to be where i'm at right now yes exactly you know what i mean so let me just shut the fuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> that's real that is the type of i have a very abstract way of um incorporating the positive affirmations mm-hmm. or like if i'm going out on a date i say positive affirmations like i will eat this pussy tonight this nigga's crazy. i'm gonna eat it from the back <laughs> <laughs> this nigga's wild man <laughs> oh man i think me um i don't i think i'm um Probably, you know, just just in my maturity. Right. Um, I'm a little bit more honest with myself. Right. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily take me. My hair is nappy. <laughs> <laughs> I am not my hair. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it, you know I'm I'm pretty you know self aware and honest with myself. So a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't even take me get into um, get into that space. So I don't really speak out loud positive affirmations. But in my mind, I uh, I tend to look at you know things optimistically. Right. Right. Um, so that, I guess in a sense, I don't have the affirmations cause I guess the affirmations would be considered the phrases or whatever. Right. But you know, in my heart, in my mind, I, I am thinking about 
things positively. If my tire goes flat, I'm just like, oh, you know, you know, whatever happens, um, you know, I just got to get a new one or, you know, you know, something bad happens. I'm just like, you know, just trying to put a trying to put a positive spin on everything. And I think I think what happens is, you know, my my positive affirmations come from the learning experience of, you know, something bad happening to you. Right. So um, whether it's me, you know, getting fired from a job or whatever, you know, I try to, you know, and I'm pretty quick with it. So in in my mind, I'm coming up with scenarios to where um, I can find the good in whatever thing. Like I got fired from my job at Aaron's. I was like, okay, cool. That gives me an opportunity to go back to school or, you know, something else happens. And I, you know, I'm always able to find the, the positive spin on on these things right. and um but i do remember when i did work um with the after school program with the kids excuse me i um i found myself doing that more there like i mm. had to consciously um play certain music going into school because um really the job was miserable for me Oh, a lot of times, rolling up to the there kids. like fuck the police. Fuck the yeah, police. No, and I would, going in with that energy, I would be, I would have a bad day. Oh man! But I would literally be paying like playing like Pharrell, like happy because oh. I I would dread going into work because the kids were so bad sometimes. And, oh wow! You know, it it would just it would be hectic for like three hours, um, or three or four hours that you know that we that we were there, so. Uh, yeah, definitely in those times. I don't even, you know, know if it worked. I probably didn't do it enough to actually uh to actually um see the effects of it, but definitely. And then even talking to my mom about it, she would, you know, just making sure telling me that I should pray about the, you know, job and, you know, pray for the kids and stuff like that. So, um just those definitely. I think they did help overall cuz eventually my job got a lot easier by the end of the year. Hmm. I ended up having a lot less kids in my class and it was pretty chill for the most part. Right. Um so it was do- and we ended up getting full fully staffed so there was enough, you know, people to monitor all the kids and stuff like that. So I think I guess, you know, look in retrospect it, the stuff did start to work, so that's pretty but dope. I think the positive affirmations are not only verbal uh, affirmations. I think it's perspective. Yeah. You know, when you could, uh, you know, uh, have a certain perspective on things, then it's going to help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you can get to a situation like, damn, I'm tired of these kids or this and that. Mm-hmm. When you think, like, you know what? There's going to be at least one of these kids that I can have an impact on, and that's why I'm showing up. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, you for know, sure. things mm-hmm. like that, you know, mm-hmm. it are another form of uh, an affirmation or at least yeah. a positive one. Definitely your, your, your presence. Um, um, I guess is tied into that, right? Because right. you know the the main thing that they tell us in the in the orientations and stuff is um, the most important thing for these kids is you being there, right? So I, you know, I tried to. I only missed like three days, but um, only because I was working another job. But I was there every day. You know, the kids knew me. Consi- like knew that if anybody was if if nobody was going to be there, I was going to be there. Um, and that type of thing carries on. Like I seen a, a few kids out, you know, um, my friend, one of my best friends is actually the track coach at the school. So I seen a lot of the kids and it was just interesting to see like them maturing and, you know, cause I had seventh graders and, you know, they're eighth graders now this school year. And you, you know, you can see that a lot of the way that they were acting was just them being seventh graders, right? You know, just the trials and tribulations of being, 
you know, a, a, a preteen. So um, this is, you know, this is dope to see. I don't know where we went with that conversation, but no, um, cool. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. positive affirmations mm-hmm. for all those that listen to this segment here. What I want, what I would hope you take away from this is, regardless of how bad your day is going or what's going on in your life, you can find a specific way that you can handle it. I think when you go all the way negative, what's going to happen is, is you become a product of your thoughts. Yeah. So whenever you like, yo, fuck this motherfucker, fuck this shit, yeah. this job, this yes. and that, what you're doing is you're adding layers of bad. Mm-hmm. You're adding more layers of bad. If the situation's already bad, you're making it worse. Yeah. What you can do is stop, give some perspective to that situation. Like, look, you know, my boss is a dick. This job is trash, but I won't mm-hmm. always work here. Let me take this day by day until I get the fuck out of here. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me, and, and yeah, the day might suck, but they got the two for three at McDonald's. Let me get a Big Mac and just relax. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Let me get the McRib and give my, and clog my arteries. You know, <laughs> things that make you happy throughout the fucking day. I want to make, I want a freaking Big Mac now. Yeah, I had one the other day. It's like buy one, get the other one for a dollar. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was so desperate. I was hungry, mm-hmm. but I ain't going to even lie. That burger was good as a motherfucker. B- Big Macs, if you have them sparingly, like one or two times a year, oh, yeah. is fire. They good, man. Yeah. And they put some love into these. <laughs> I tasted- I make love, huh? Yeah, some make love into these patties. <laughs> I was eating one of them. I was like, mm, this kind of tastes like pussy. This mm. is- <laughs> If your, girl, if your girl vagina tastes like Big Mac sauce, you need to take her to the hospital, right? Yeah, now. that's not a yeast infection. That's a, <laughs> that's a beef infection. <laughs> oh, you fool. Damn, girl, you got a beef infection, girl. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I was thinking um, positive affirmations are also extremely important when you're having sex. Oh, wow. You got to you gotta tell yourself not to bust that nut. <laughs> <laughs> I will not bust. I will not bust. I will not bust. I will not bust in the box. I will not bust with the fox. I will not bust here or there. I will not bust anywhere. I will not bust green eggs and nut. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's funny. Man, that sometimes you be telling yourself, with, like, not even positive affirmations. You be trying not to bust. You be like, I don't want this girl to talk bad about me. I don't want this girl to talk bad about me. I don't want this girl to talk bad about me. So I'll you, be going over all kind of, you know, my my old football plays, uh, you know, cover two and <laughs> certain certain alphabets make you want to bust. You be like A B C D D D. No 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 F F G F F F F. Oh no not F K K K K K K K. Z Y X W V U T. You be like, you know what's fucked up about the alphabet? It it automatically make people. Add the word and. There's no and in the fucking yeah, alphabet. Y X Y and Z. Mm-hmm. They need to learn. They need to find a new way to teach us the goddamn <laughs> alphabet. Because I'm 34 still saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I got off track, man. But yeah, definitely I, use yeah. all the fellas out there. You know what I mean? If you if you are a two pump chump, you know what I mean. Just try to use some positive affirmations. It'll get through. Get you through a lot. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Now, if you about to bust, just like stop stroking and just start smacking ass extra hard. <laughs> you got to pull out, huh? Just pull out and start smacking ass. Like, ow! Oh my god! Ow! Ow! <laughs> just one minute, one minute. I'm gonna tear that ass up. Just one minute. <laughs> uh, they have these things now where they're um, it's like a numbing agent. That's a spray. They yeah, got. you That's seen crazy. that? Crazy. Yeah. 
I was like, I don't know about that. I need to fill. I'm not afraid. I need to fill all the juices. (laughs) (laughs) All the juices. You made the pussy sound like a Thanksgiving turkey. (laughs) We need to get all these juices out of this turkey. (laughs) Oh, Oh, crazy stuff, man. man. Isn't that ironic at Thanksgiving? We stuff the turkey and then we stuff ourselves. (laughs) That's crazy, right? Right? And we sitting there just bloated. Yeah. Full of sodium, full of turkey, full of... Man, yeah. I felt like I was in a food coma on mm-hmm. fucking Thursday, man. It was, I couldn't even, I wanted to leave and drive home, but I was like, yo, I got to let this shit digest, bro. Yeah. I'm just too sleepy. This year, I, I was pretty chill. Ooh, like, I, me, I only had um, <laughs> this nigga burping turkey after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but I didn't eat, because uh, my favorite thing is a macaroni and cheese. Oh, shit. That's my favorite, you know, food, no matter what time of day. It could come in any sort of shape or form. Yeah, um, you know what that sounds like. If a girl put macaroni and cheese on her vagina, I would eat it all day. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, you know, I'm not really a booty connoisseur, but if she put it back there on a the booty, then, you know what I'm saying, might, I might indulge. I don't know. I might eat the mac and cheese and just leave the, the residual <laughs> mac on the booty. The residual mac. Yeah, just leave the rest of the mac on the booty hole. She could wipe that out. <laughs> you know, it's funny that they always have those... Uh, those macaroni and cheese yeah, little, uh, memes. memes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. really do be sounding like that. You, you want to know why I don't eat the booty? This this is why. This is some perspective for all the people that eat ass. Yeah. All right. The reason why I don't eat ass is because one day you're going to get in a huge argument with your wife or your girl, and you've been eating booty on a regular, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's going to be like, you know what? He want to talk shit? I'm not going to wipe right today. Oh. She's going to not wipe her booty right, and you're going to be back there eating booty butter. Oh, you have a doo-doo mustache. Yeah, you oh, it's gonna be all bad. Yeah. yeah That's not a good look. You don't want that extra creamy doo-doo butter back there. Yeah, I mean if <laughs> the the thing is we all we all um use number two. Right. And, and you know, especially imagine after thank imagine eating a girl booty after Thanksgiving. You know. Oh no. It's Brown Friday and you oh. you trying to, you know, you trying to get a little nasty and she oh. done. Doo dooed out all that stuffing and uh, macaroni and cheese and pasta tamales. and turkey, yeah, all that nasty stuff. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so that's what deters me. And if you come from a very cultural family like myself, you know, we got Mexican people in our family, some mm-hmm. white people, so mm-hmm. we got all kinds of different foods, man. Mm-hmm. You got spicy tamales, you got sauce and mole, and mm-hmm. oh man, you got all the worst stuff. Yeah, man, yeah. We're gonna stop talking about this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I didn't. I didn't get as stuffed as I as I thought I, I as as I normally would. It mm. it just felt like I said it was more of a light Thanksgiving this year. So, um, you know, normally a couple of the dishes that we normally would have weren't there. So mm. yeah, it was it, it worked out though because I didn't feel like I missed nothing. But you know, I was able to go home without being you know worn down by all that you know that food. I got wore out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're not. If you didn't eat Thanksgiving food, you're not missing anything. We've been eating the same shit all our lives, man. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of pointless to take a picture of of uh, you know the turkey and all the food. Did you see? I, any I took of a picture this year, huh? Did you see any any of those this year? What? Like a lot of people posting the food pictures of their food. Yeah, I put a, on my story. It was just more or less like my family, and I put like a little video of them, and mm-hmm. I put like a little one like little snap picture. Yeah. 
of the family, but it was more for like the ambiance. It wasn't for the you know yeah. the turkey. Oh, this looks so good. Oh, this fire. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. all this look good. Ooh. The same turkey that everybody in America is eating. Yeah, you know, black, white, Mexican, whoever you are, we all pretty much ate the same motherfucking shit. Bro, I seen the funniest thing uh, on Twitter. Uh-huh. It was a uh, it was a plate and it had the craft. Box uh-huh. macaroni and cheese. Right. This is like a plate of his Thanksgiving food. Uh-huh. Box macaroni and cheese. I think it had like some some uh, some mashed potatoes and uh-huh. it might have some gravy in it and maybe a roll of butter or something like that. Oh wow! And it had like what he <laughs> would deem to be like deviled eggs. Uh-huh. And then it was just a bunch of black pepper that he sprinkled over everything. And I was that was like that was odd. But the caption read, <laughs> "Nigga, where's the devil to those eggs?" Cause it would and the the egg just had the the white part. <laughs> it didn't even have like the yolk or anything. <laughs> Nigga was just eating the <laughs> Nigga was eating the eggs with no devil in it. <laughs> That's the only time you need a devil in your life. <laughs> oh, these heavenly eggs. <laughs> Nigga, shut the fuck up. I was like, "What? Who in the who in their right mind is eating box macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving?" I don't know, man. I just think that you might as well just eat a fucking sandwich at that point. Yeah, and just yeah. go get some regular food. My yeah, dude. go find a family. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, go to Denny's or something. Right. Yeah. There was a bunch of people at Marie Calendars. I seen them yeah. driving up. It was packed. Yeah. I, I don't mind that though. Like, that's a tradition for some people. Yeah, that's cool though. The, yeah. Because you're not you're not having the, they're not cooking shit. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to clean up shit. That, yeah. To me, that's pretty dope. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure it, it's going to cost you a significant amount of money, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if I don't want to cook the shit. Mm-hmm. It's the last minute. I think you have to make reservations, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I would assume you would. Yeah. You can't and they be playing the up. game in there and stuff, too, so you ain't really missing nothing. Nah, you got everything yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing. Yeah. I'm sure there were some people that spent Thanksgiving in a strip club. Oh, dang. Yeah, I'm sure there's some, some, there has to be a strip club somewhere open in, on in America that's open. Dang. So they, they're Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Drinking a beer, watching the game, and you got titties over titties there too. Bouncing all in your face. That'd yeah. be crazy. That's just one thing I can't mix. I don't want to mix, you know, uh nudity and women being naked and shit with like football. Like I keep those things separate. Yeah. You know, like no, no. I don't yeah. think the strippers either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't, right. sometimes you don't even want to be bothered with a female during the football game. No, nah, not at yeah. all. Yeah. And after the game, uh, then we go to the back. But right now, <laughs> I don't I'm watching the game, man. <laughs> All right, let's After switch. Frank Gore run it back, we can run that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching gears. Um, I guess you call him a mogul, uh, Damon Dash, or for all those that don't know who he is, wasn't he? Was he the CEO of Rockefeller Records back in the day? Uh, yeah, I think that was his job title. Yeah, I think he's definitely title. an owner. Yeah. A, he, it was him, Biggs, and uh, Jay Z. I think yeah, they were all. He was like a majority owner. owner. Like, no, they were all split in, all split in thirds. In. Yeah. Okay. So he's the partial owner of uh, Rockefeller Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was recently arrested for four hundred thousand dollars in back child support. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And before I um, before I go in and say what I want to say, I want to preface this statement by saying, you know, Dame Dash was a guy that was very outspoken about a lot of different things. You know, saying things like if you're you you ain't a real man if you don't own a business or if you don't own this or if you don't own that. Yeah, if you're working for somebody, you ain't a real man. You ain't a real man. All these things. He's mm-hmm. made he's made a lot of different statements in the public eye that have gotten attention. Right now, this is what I have to say about this. 
You say you're not a real man if you don't own a business or if you don't run a business, right? But I say you're not a real man if you don't take care of your fucking kids. Mm -hmm. You got 400K in back back child support, buddy. You need to learn how to use your dick, (laughs) okay? Because if you're a business guy, the way you use your dick is a fucking investment. You Mm. can't be sticking raw dick in every (laughs) chick and acting like that's smart. Yeah. Right, you just busting nuts in everybody, and you figure, hey, I'm rich. This won't be a big deal, but evidently, that uh, I mean, whatever you're doing is not paying you how it should be, or whatever the case, because you got 400k in back child support. Yeah, I could see 75,000. I I could see 30,000, but 400,000 dollars in back child support. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't think his payments were. Obviously, they're high to us because we just regular people. But right. One uh, thing that I seen said that is his payments were like six thousand dollars a month, um, which to you know a millionaire shouldn't be that much money. But for six thousand dollars a month to accumulate to four hundred thousand, that's a lot. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but it, it you know it's just that's <clears throat> why as you know as people we have to be mindful of what we're saying and what what narratives we're putting out there. Right. You know, and you got to be able to. Not only um, you know stand on what you're saying, but also live what right. you're saying. Because if you if you're a person that's preaching this independence and entrepreneurship, and my kids got multiple businesses, and my kid will never have to work a day in his life, right. and then it comes out that you not even paying child support, it just sounds it sounds outrageous. Right. This is why we have to be extremely careful who we buy into. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that social media does a great job of. You know, people with platforms coming out saying all these things and then people start to believe that those people are taking their own advice when in actuality, a lot of times they don't. Yeah. So you're bought you've bought into a motherfucker that's not even real with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the thing. Right. There's a lot of people that I like on social media that I follow. Um, Guys like Eric Thomas. Love the guy. Has a great story. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Love him. Has a great story. But do I assume that this motherfucker is getting everything right in life? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. Right? I know they're not getting everything right. I know there's some shit that they're fuck ups about. Mm-hmm. Right? But I don't know what those things are. But I know they're human. I never. I. The problem is I don't completely buy into people because I know they're human. Mm-hmm. But there are people that bought into Dame Dash because he said, you're not a real man if you ain't, you don't own this many businesses or if you don't do this or that. I've even heard people say, right, I'll leave this nameless, but some dude I know on social media, Instagram, he posted something saying, I'm not taking no advice from nobody that's not successful. If you're not a millionaire, don't even talk to me. And I'm thinking like, bro, you broke. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not surrounded by millionaires right now. Like, yeah. But what it is, is you've bought into someone that gave you or regurgitated you're regurgitating information you've heard from someone that has already made it and you bought into their idea yeah so now you're out saying this stupid shit you know Mm -hmm. when in actuality you need to take the time to sit back and you know when you look at all these really successful guys like uh what's his name damn it uh grant cardon and Mm -hmm. guys like that you need to realize they're not getting everything right Mm -hmm. just that's just really how I feel about it. Yeah. I think also, too, you know, as far as um, education system, right? you're going to be taught probably um, a few times by 
people who may not actually end up being as successful as you are. Very you know true. What I mean, like I, I've had um, certain professors, and I haven't done much with my career, but um, I'm only a few steps Yet. away from being. Yeah, word. Right. Yeah, but right. you know that that's kind of like what we were talking about with the mm-hmm. positive affirmation. Right. Like, I already know what I'm going to be doing, so that's why I, I said speak that. Though. Openly about it. That's why you know? I said that. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm only a few steps away from being equally as successful as some of my professors. You know All what right. I mean? Only one movie away from, or one directed movie away, or feature film on you know on Netflix or whatever for for from being equally as successful as him, but. I wouldn't be like, yo, I ain't taking no advice from them. They ain't done nothing. They ain't, they ain't accomplished right. nothing. They ain't got no Oscars or whatever. Because I know that you can learn from anybody. You yes, can learn you can. from a bum on the street. You can learn from, you know, the crackhead in your neighborhood or whatever. You can learn from, hmm. you know. Crackhead? What are you going to learn from him? Uh, what not to do. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can learn not to smoke crack. That's definitely an important <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Hey man, don't be like me, man. Don't smoke crack. Why do people that smoke crack always got a raspy voice? Like, hey man, don't be like me, man. You don't want to do crack, man. You can never lose this voice once you smoke it. <laughs> or it be people that uh, this is gonna sound really fucked up, but for for comedy purposes, I have to I have to do this. Mm. Or a person that asks for change, they always got this really like raspy, beggy voice. Yeah, it's like, hey man, um, yeah. I don't mean to bother you, man, but like, I'm just wondering if you got like a dollar fifty, man, you know? <laughs> and then you give it to him, man, God bless your everything. God bless everyone in your family, man. <laughs> You're like, uh, all right. Yeah. You go right around the corner and buy some crack. You're like, yeah, this is just what I need to get the, <laughs> to get the perfect amount of crack. Oh, <laughs> uh, he take that, um, that sign that says, I need food or whatever that sign is. Go right around the corner, buy a little bit of drugs, put all them lines, all them little white lines on that thing, and just be like, thanks, man. I just really needed that little $1.50, man. I just needed that bump, man. (laughs) Now I'm ready to go. I'm ready to face the world, bro. (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am. I hate to bother you. Then she turned him down. Excuse me, sir. I hate to bother you. It's like, nigga, you asked 30 people in two minutes. You, You need that Coke. Yeah. Wow. The crazy part is I I seen um not that these kids were begging but I seen a girl that was at the um that went to the school that I worked with mm-hmm. um running around selling little candy for whatever and I know she was lying because I think what she said was she was doing something for sports or something like that okay and I was like I know good and well this girl ain't playing no sports she was just a little bad kid at the school or whatever <laughs> but it was crazy seeing that. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think sometimes you have to determine whether something's legit or if you want to get from your heart or not. Just be honest. Say, look, I don't yeah, wanna, I don't want to fuck with these people. They don't seem like they're legit. And yeah, I don't want to waste my time with them. You shouldn't feel obligate obligated to give you know anybody money either. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'm at a sometimes I'm at a panda. They're like, do you want to help the children's hospital? I'm like, uh, no, I won't. Yeah, I be saying no all the time. Yeah, I be saying yes. I've said yes so much that I can say no. And yeah, when exactly. You, when they, whenever they ask, I've had one girl look at me like weird. But it's not like it was intentional. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Would you like to help the children's hospital today?" I was like, "Nah." She's like, "Oh," <laughs> I was like, "Just give me yeah. my, just yeah. give me my fucking orange chicken, man." Yeah, and and also we don't know much about where the money. That's part of my gripe is right. I don't really know where this money is going. 
I don't know much about this foundation that you're giving the money to. Right. I don't know what percentage of, you know, anything. So sometimes I just be like, no. Sometimes it yeah. And then also I feel like honestly, like I'm doing like I haven't done um all the things I want to do, like as far as like philanthropy. Right. But I also know that the value um that that money holds with me. Right. Like what I can do, what I can, you know, as far as like production with the podcast, maybe ads or, you know, right. whatever the case may be, might maybe buy more equipment. So I know that every time I'm giving money to wh- whomever, um, that's money that I could be using to boost True. myself to in the future be able to donate way more than 50 cents or 75 cents. True. Or like that. You never know, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know where the money's going. It could be to support terrorism. We don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I don't negotiate with terrorists. So leave <laughs> me alone and let me get my fucking stir fried rice. Yeah. And leave me the fuck alone. Okay. Stir fried rice. You want shrimp fried rice tonight, huh? <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I'll get shrimp fried rice. And then the next thing you know it is like, me let you a long time. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Did we mention somebody that we know that got a uh, got a hand job from a parlor? Have we mentioned that? Mm-mm. We haven't? Okay. No, I don't remember that. All right. We'll make this very quick. Mm. Um, <laughs> somebody that me and Keith mutually know uh, had mentioned that they went to a uh a massage parlor. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, the, I guess the key word or whatever the, the phrase was like, "Would you like some oil?" And then he was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I like some oil." And then uh, she like roll on your back. So he got on his back, and then she started giving him a hand job. Dang. And then he was like, "I was like, bro, are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "How much was it?" He's like. 50 bucks. I was uh, like, oh my God. $50 hand job. This dude literally got a hand job. Yeah. And the key, like the 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 words are what you had to say. Like, would you last some oil? And Damn. he was like, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. That's how it be happening. That's how that nigga Robert Kraft got caught up. Yeah, Robert Kraft went in there and had like, $50 hand jobs. Yeah, he got his hand job probably more than $50. No, the numbers had came out. It what? was just regular numbers. It wasn't. Oh my he wasn't, God. you know, spending no thousands or whatever. It was just he was regular. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> grab that old wrinkly car. Ah, oh yeah, Tom Brady throw another touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this spun off of Damon Dash. Jesus. <laughs> All right, yeah, but uh, the, the in closing, in regards to Damon Dash, I just think before you <clears throat> become this preachy person. And you're, you know, you're giving out, you're saying all these things publicly and you're making all these statements. You have to be sure that you're a solid person. Yeah. And I, I mean, no, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. We all have things that um, in our lives that, you know, need improvement. But yeah. don't be a complete and total hypocrite. Yeah. When it comes to something like this, yeah. you of all people cannot have problems like this. Yeah, you can't your state you can't go out there and, you know, stand on whatever statement and then the news that comes out about you totally contradicts your whole your right. whole premise. Right. You know, you go in there preaching, you know, black ownership, black business, this and this and that, and then you got dang near half a million dollars in child support that you haven't paid. That's insane, man. Yeah. That's First insane. of all, it shows I don't know how, you know, obviously there could be some sort of um legal things going on that doesn't actually reflect the real life right but if you're in a in a space where you're talking about my kids ain't got to work and my kids ain't got to do this my kids got businesses my kids and you're not paying the child support it just it it don't even sound right you know what i mean and and this is the person who openly came out and slandered jay-z 
mm-hmm. who was a basically a business associate of his. But when Jay Z separated himself, his career ascended so far beyond Dame Dash that Dame Dash just became a guy that was running his mouth and and having weird and crazy behavior out in the public eye. Yeah, and Jay Z is just worth almost what he's worth. He's over a billion now. Or yeah, like eight hundred million or whatever it is. Yeah, he, he had a billion. He had a billion dollars. So this mm-hmm. guy's worth a billion dollars, and you got four hundred thousand in child support. So mm-hmm. Jay Z obviously is the clear winner in the <laughs> yeah in life right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, this is kind of a like a side convo, but right. sometimes you got to know when to separate yourself from people that you came up with. True. Cause I, I don't know how it, how it happened, but, um, you know, there's a certain maturation that you go through and, True. you know, at least for me, it seems like Jay-Z has matured as a person, you know, right. I mean? he came into the game with the big pimpins and all these other yeah, songs. Yeah, records uh, changed. Yeah, but now he's preaching about black ownership and, right. you know what I mean, just, you know, tr- trying to be a part of the NFL to make changes and, you know, all these kind of things that he probably wouldn't have done early on, you know, and even, like you said, that just the subject matter and the songs. And, you know, you see, you see Dame Dash, you know, going on rants and arguing with people and, you know, pressing uh, uh, Lee Daniels yeah. on stage and all the all these things that one would deem as you know immature behavior in a sense, right? Um, so that you know that's you know that's just device to people you know on to come up with whomever you know what I mean. You gotta you gotta be able to recognize when it's time to separate yourselves. No matter what you accomplish together, don't feel like you're obligated to stick with somebody. Um, you know, it, through their downfall, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dame Dash has been a part of a couple of things. He hit up Lee Daniels like, with my fucking money, man. With my fucking money, man. Mm-hmm. I want my fucking money, man. Mm-hmm. Why you ain't paying my fucking money, man? Mm-hmm. Anybody that's doing that obviously did not have the money to even loan you in the first place. They did it as a as a as an investment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously dudes should have made good on it. But anybody that's hitting you up like that. They really didn't got the money like that. Yeah. So it became obvious at that point. But yeah. One yeah. thing I will say though is I know people that have personally worked with Dame Dash mm. and none of them had good things to say about working with him. Yeah. So, you know, it was bad. it was, you know, stuff like getting their their checks laid and um just just the overall bad experience. Um and you know, that's never good. You know, we always talk about being a solid person or having people speak highly of you even when you're not around mm. and you know to have to have that sort of thing and i mean and, and to go along with it you know people that were around rockefeller and right. you know you see little <clears throat> videos here and there dang flashing on people and stuff like that like that's just not a good look for anybody hell no you know no matter what you you would characterize it as whether he believes it's you know, being being authentic and, you know, pressing people and, you know, people lying to him. However he spin it, um, it just doesn't look good. You yeah. know, and you and you if you're constantly, you know, maybe like what they say, like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right. Or something like that. So, you know, you gotta you gotta start believing people when they show you who you when they show you who they are. You know? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um and uh his baby mama's they are coming after him. So, yeah. Um, on, to- on top of the fact that this is a new 
uh, new headline that came out just this past week. Right. But also, if you search through YouTube, there's like five years, five years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, videos same. of the same sort of thing. Warrants out for his arrest for yeah. back child support and all this kind of stuff. It's so crazy, it's pretty man. crazy. Well, good luck to him. Uh, switching gears. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, um, well, I've been listening to guys like Les Brown or Eric Thomas for a little while now. I don't listen to them all the time because... I just don't abuse, you know, looking at motivational speakers and using them as motivation. You mm-hmm. know, I believe in self-motivation ultimately is what drives you to do what you do. But it's always good to, you know, tune into people that uh, I, I usually use motivational speakers to, you know, kind of not reaffirm my own beliefs, but it kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to Les Brown the other day or not the other day. It was just recently. And uh, he had a speech. It was about his son. Uh, you want to? You want me to pull it up here? Or you want to pull it up on your? I'll just insert it. Later. All right. So let's insert the clip right here. I remember I was playing a game with my nine-year-old son John Leslie, and I beat him ten straight games in a game called Connect Four. And finally, I said, John Leslie, I'm bored. I don't want to play you anymore. And I got up. And I said, I'm ready to go to sleep now. And repeat out to me, please. Let's say to this together. It's not over until I win. John Leslie said, no, you can't go now, Dad. I said, why? He said, it's not over until I win. That was his attitude. We sat down and we played several other games. And finally, after the 11th game, John Leslie won. And he got up and he yawned. And he said, I'm ready to go to sleep now. And I'm saying to you, what if all of us took that attitude after we face a rejection and a no or we have a meeting and no one shows up or somebody say, you can count on me and they don't come through. What if we have that kind of attitude? The cause repossessed. Nobody believes in you. You've lost again and again and again. The lights are cut off, but you're still looking at your dream, reviewing it every day and say to yourself, it's not over until I win. Oh, yeah. But the gist of it is um, it's not over until I win. Right. A lot of people, they get caught up in um, not believing in themselves or doing something. And because it's not successful overnight or at when they want it, then they kind of just kind of give up on it. So this is what you got to understand. Right. You have to have this unwavering belief in yourself, because if you don't, then you're just going to accept what the world has to offer. You want to go to that shitty job again, that job that you don't like, the job that could replace you in five fucking minutes if they wanted to? Or do you want to do something that you've always wanted to do that you could monetize or you could have fun doing? You know, and you can't, I think a lot of times things aren't even like, they're not even tangible. Like you can't even really, you can't see it or whatever the case, but you know in your heart that this is where you want to go and you have to just keep going. Mm-hmm. You, it's it's like your, I think your, uh, your belief in God should be parallel with the belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you can't see God, right? But you believe mm-hmm. you have this belief and that's the same belief you should have in yourself. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that, you know, um, you look at other people's careers and you look at the music they was putting out and you see like three people at their shows and you you know you look at Russ having seven listens on SoundCloud and he turns 
he starts selling out arenas around the world. Mm-hmm. And then you look at guys mm-hmm. like uh, Nipsey Hussle, who started off selling uh, CDs on the street corner, selling socks and T-shirts. You know, going from that to being where being Grammy nominated, mm-hmm. and it comes from to it comes from this unwavering belief in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And it's not over until you win. You have to have that. You have to be willing to die behind it. Yeah. That's why I like, and it's no disrespect to anybody with a podcast, but for example, if if for us, me and Keith realize we haven't made it anywhere yet. So we come on this, we come on this podcast every week because we owe it to ourselves. Yeah. We owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people that believe in the content to be here every motherfucking week. Like, if you haven't made it, why are you taking breaks? Yeah. It's yeah. just it's work. It's a certain amount of work that goes into being where you want to be. Are yeah. we where we want to be? No. Do we have an idea of what we want our trajectory to be? You got damn right. Yeah. And that's why we come here and do this type of shit every week. Yeah. For me, I kind of look at anything that you want to accomplish as as a science experiment almost. It's right. Like, how many times could you do something before or how many times could you fail at something before you're successful at it? Right. You know, and I, I don't think we're failing as with the podcast, but no, um, I don't think we've won yet either. No, you know, we're, we're in the trenches with it. So it's, it's, it's this idea of like, dang, like, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like if, if you were able to put that same amount of effort into the podcast or be, be able to do something that consistently for for um, like 86 weeks what could you have accomplished? And, right. you know, like I said, we treat this like a science experiment. Like, dang, like, what if we do 188 episodes? Like, what what will happen then? Or what we're, where will we be at in life then? You know, what, you know, will we be on a network? Will we have a, you know, a Spotify deal? Will we have an Apple Music deal or something right. like that? Like, who knows where we'll be? And um, that's that, that unwavering belief that you have to have. Like, right. you know, even though I'm getting beat in Connect Four back to back to back to back, um, if I do have a op- another opportunity to play again, I know that I could still, I still have a 50% chance that I'll win. Yeah. So just got to keep chugging. And I'm going to show up every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up every, regardless of what it is, you know, we show up every week here, but just in life, if you let's say you go you, you you're trying to get a job right you're trying to get a job and you show up every day looking for work from from the morning to the end of the day because if you don't have a job and you're looking for a job then looking for a job can become a job in itself a yeah. lot of motherfuckers just give up and say man i'm just gonna get unemployment man i'm just tired of this i'm so tired but if you show up every day you you go to a specific place to get a job they say we're not hiring right now but you can check back and then you check back and they say, no, we're still not hiring. Then you come back and you check back. And they keep seeing you check back over and over and over and mm-hmm. over and over. And they finally say, hey, that dude has been showing up here for the past two months to get a job. Yeah. We need to call him back. When people can see you give a fuck, that means a lot, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've heard, you know, different scenarios and stories about people applying for jobs. Right. And, you know, it's a job, a limited uh, a job where only... You know, there was the the requirements for the job were so high that only a few people actually applied. Right. Um, and your, your you know your resume had to be super stacked. Um, and they interviewed maybe three employees, and then all three of them didn't get the job. But the the trick was is that the employers were trying to um, basically play this like psychological trick on the employees to right. see who was going to be diligent about 
you know, why they didn't get the job or to who's going to be the person that's going to call back and say like, hey, my resume is good. Why didn't I get this job or what can I actually do to right. you know, build up my resume? And then that person ended up, you know, eventually getting the job. I don't wow. even know where I heard the story from, but it was just a story that I heard in the air. But that's what it takes, man. It takes, you know, it takes that sort of that kind of persistence. You yeah. know, there's um there's multiple people I know. This is a, just a small example of um, kind of taking a loss and being and being fine with it. Right. Um, there was a I was you know sitting with someone, and they were at we went to Starbucks and they ordered some sort of um, some sort of drink, not coffee, but you know one of those other drinks they have on the on the menu. Right. And they got the drink and it and they sat down and drank it and they were like, I asked for sugar in this or I asked for it to be sweetened, but it's not sweetened. Mm-hmm. And they were gonna and then they they were just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I don't I'm I'm not gonna worry about it. Um, and I was like, no, like you can't, that's taking a loss. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, if you order something and you spend your hard earned money on that, then they should make what you ask for. Right. So eventually, she, you know, the person got back up and, you know, got the drink, but you know, that's just that kind of men- mentality you have to have to, to be successful in life. Yeah. I think that some people get caught up settling for less and they allow those, they, they allow that. Uh, character, uh, that characteristic within themselves mm-hmm. to bleed into other stuff. So you're just like, oh, that's not that much, but I, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not fine. You should expect more of yourself. And, and I'm not saying expect more of the world, but when you deserve something, you got damn right you deserve it. Yeah. You know, we get what we want to get and uh, local truck driver and film director signed $9 million deal with Showtime to do podcasts, mm-hmm. right? And this is six, five, six years from now. Motherfuckers that listen to this podcast now are going to be like, man, Eddie and Keith been rocking for a long time. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm going to deserve it. And at that moment, I'll be like, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. And I fucking deserve it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm just really humble. You know, so many other people deserve this besides me. No, they don't. Yeah. Because they ain't putting in the work we putting in. Just keep them 100. That and you know it's 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 interesting because those are the kind of questions that the average person would ask. I right. remember early, um, might have been Kyle Kuzma's rookie year, or, you know, one maybe last year or something. He had he had a couple big games and you know hitting game winners and stuff like that, or closing out games. Mm-hmm. And some of the reporters asked him like, "Hey, did you know you would be here?" And he was like, "Yeah." I know. I worked hard for this. I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> and it's, sh- it's shocking to most people, right? Yeah. But in reality, you know, that's that mentality that you need to 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 um, not take no losses and you yeah. know, or take losses as learning experiences, and you know, eventually come out with a W after True. trying and trying again. Most people have adapted to a losing mentality, though. Yeah. So when they see others winning, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're winning that much. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Wow, I've never thought that so-and-so, somebody could do that. Well, that's because you never seen it in yourself. Mm-hmm. When, I, when me and Keith went to a Childish Gambino concert last year, um, we went up there and had a great time, but we didn't fanboy out. We was like, yo, this guy, we appreciate what he does. He's great at what we what he does. But we could see ourselves on that same plane. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. You know, a lot of times when you tend to idolize people, it comes from a place of you not really having enough within yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's always accurate, but I'm not gonna sit here and fanboy out for somebody when I got some content that I'm creating that I feel that's special. Yeah. That I'm doing something with and I see where we're going. Yeah. You know why I'm lucky to have Keith? 
I'm lucky to have Keith on a podcast based on the fact that he got a degree that in order for him to make a living, he has to create. Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge within itself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that get Keith's degree fucking give up, don't create shit and get regular jobs. Mm-hmm. They buy a bunch of expensive equipment that they hardly ever use and they don't put any work ethic into whatever they're doing. Right. Yeah. And I'm lucky to be around someone that has those type of intangibles that keeps working and putting out content and is consistent and wants to do things so they could get somewhere in life. Yeah. And that is an infection. That's an that's infectious on me. Mm-hmm. So I would never slack because now that's bled into both of us. Yeah. So you see Keith somewhere doing something great. Then that's just something he's kind of adopted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just some perspective, folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mentality we all need, man. Like I said before. So, you know, if you, whatever you're doing in your regular life, you know, and, and me and Eddie are, you know, constantly evolving and learning this ourselves. And, right. you know, we haven't completely mastered it ourselves. But, you know, um, whatever it is that you're doing, if you if you got a business you're trying to start or whatever, um just keep it going, man. Because I, I, you know, I see there's multiple, multiple examples of certain people being successful way later in life than they should have. You know, right? I mean? and we could name off many, many people, right. two chains, and you know, even business owners and all these people, fifty years old before they reach their first million and crazy. all kind of crazy stuff like that. So, you know, with that, um, with those people as examples, you should feel like you should be able to accomplish any of those things too. The the reason why, like like Eddie said, the reason why we weren't fanboying out at concerts and, you know, we're we're actually huge fans of, you know, most things that uh, Childish Gambino does. But, right. you know, the difference with um, us and, you know, probably most of the people there is that we, we do see ourselves in that same light. You know, we create content as well. And we create content that we think that, thousands and millions of people you know across the world will and soon will be able to hear what we're doing so it's you know when we see people like that we appreciate it and we learn from those experiences but we're not throwing our panties on stage or anything like that right yeah and we don't wear (laughs) panties but uh (laughs) in the podcast world is an extremely oversaturated market and to believe you can make it in something like podcasting, you got to be a little bullheaded. You got to be a little bit stubborn. Yeah. But you also have to be self-aware and know yourself enough to understand that the motherfucking content that we're putting out is right on par with some of your favorite podcasts. But the difference is we don't have that name. We're we're not huge comedians or motherfucking people who are like Oprah who already have a platform and now they have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm a truck driver from Bakersfield, California. Keith is also from this city, but we're trying to bring something to the city that it does not have yet. Yeah. You this, wanna... is, this is uncharted territory. 100%. There's no popular podcast out there that started from a person that didn't have any sort of notoriety <clears throat> and something else. Right. There's a podcast here that's pretty, it's kind of popular. I've seen mm-hmm. it. was a Sofa King podcast. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. I, um, but uh, in regards to, and their content's completely different from ours, but mm-hmm. still want to sh- shout them out. But in regards to Town Pride, uh, having interviews, having people on that are doing something, actually putting out, you know, being, uh, representing the best side of this city. I think that mm-hmm. this this podcast, 
I'm just come out and say it. This podcast is at the top mm-hmm. of that. Okay. Um, and we'll continue to be there because we ain't going nowhere. Now, um, I, let me let me say this. Um, quite a while ago, I mentioned something about hating my job, and it wasn't because I actually hate my job. It's not my dream. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. If I got one phone call in the middle of work stating, "Hey, we want you, me, you, and Keith to come out to Los Angeles. You know, we want to sign you to a deal to do this." I would turn that truck around and drive right back home and leave the keys and go. Mm-hmm. And and it's no disrespect to anybody, but it has everything to do with what I really want to do with myself. Very few people find out what they're passionate about yeah. and what they want to die behind. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Some people older than me, people in their 40s that don't know what the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But with me, I know where I want to go and what I want to be. Yeah. And knowing that is... Is a blessing in itself. I see a bunch of average Joes that drink beer, smoke weed, or just work in oil fields, or just doing life, or don't have anything they're passionate about. You can make $2 million a year and not be passionate. I'd rather be the guy that's like me than a motherfucker that's rich that doesn't have any type of passion. Mm-hmm. So I might be babbling a little too long here. I'm mm-hmm. sorry for those that are traveling, that are tired of listening to Eddie talk, <laughs> but goddamn it. If you are a passionate person, then you can relate to what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Find out whatever it is. And uh, you listen to that Les Brown video. If 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 it, if it you can take anything from it, then it's going to affirm the belief you have in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, switching gears. Having a low emotional intelligence. Uh, what I've noticed is uh, people have low emotional IQs, and that that encompasses so many different things. A um, couple signs are uh, people who struggle in life and relationships. Uh, people with low emotional IQs they they tend to replicate the same situations instead of learn from them. A uh, person with high emotional intelligence. Is tends to be more hypersensitive, like the they can see where the path is leading and remove or insert themselves, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what that situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, a person with a low emotional intelligence will, let's say, somebody passes away. A person with a low emotional intelligence will try to crack a joke to break the ice instead of like telling them, "Hey, look, I'm you know I'm sorry for your loss," or having basic empathy. Mm-hmm. Some people are so fucked up that they don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a lot involved with it. Yeah, I, I think I see it the most with uh, social media posts. Right. You know, you see whatever may happen in a person's personal life, especially with relationships. It'd, oh, be, it'd Lord. be fast. It'd be, you know, something could happen to, you know, a couple. And next thing you know, they type in single on Instagram oh and God. Facebook. It's like, yo, sit down somewhere, bro. Stop like, it. if you are single, that's fine. But chances are you're probably going to be back with that person right. within the next couple of days. Right. It's just like, but yeah, that's, you know, um, it, the, um, the whole emotional thing, it, it, it shapes its way, it shapes itself in, in many different ways. I think 
you know, what happens, like I said, in those situations where, where people are breaking up or, you know, whether it's a, it's a situation where it's, it's some sort of altercation or whatever, um, you know, even, you know, if it's an argument with with your significant other or whatever, and, you know, people start arguing that the argument starts out as something small, like, hey, right. why didn't you put the toilet seat down? And then all of a sudden she's like, that's why your dad left you. And yeah. you're like, what the heck? Uh, like, uh, <laughs> you want me to put the toilet seat down? <laughs> well, your dad is left you for a reason. Yeah. You want me to put the toilet seat down? That's why your dad put you down and never came back. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that, that's that's all. Right. Yeah, that is a that is a great example, mm-hmm. right? It's like the like the this hasn't happened to me, but I'm sure a lot of women have done it where mm-hmm. you know they break up with a guy like that's why you got a small dick, like mm-hmm. shit like that. You have a low emotional IQ when you do things like that. Yeah, it, it, a lot of this is this is how you know the most of the world has a low emotional IQ as well because people will break up and automatically assume they're enemies. You'll start seeing, you know, subliminal posts about someone they dated or mm-hmm. they'll post they'll they'll start posting things like get you somebody that knows your value or your worth. Uh, and then they update the relationship status to single. And it's like, look, first of all, what I know is regardless if it doesn't work out with me and a, and a, and a woman is I'm not going to talk bad about her to mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. because I have a high emotional IQ. I know that I don't want to do anything to make her look bad, even if she did me wrong, because at the end of the day, that is a personal situation. And I don't want to slander her character nor make her look any type of way just because it didn't work out. Yeah. Although something could have happened to me, I care enough about that other person because I was in a relationship with them. I was not in a relationship with y'all. Yeah. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I know what went on, regardless of what the situation is. Mm-hmm. But you see a bunch of people out here with these low emotional IQs. They got to say, well, it's over because they cheated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's no one's motherfucking business. Yeah. But being as you're playing to an audience because you don't, you're not smart enough or in that situation, emotionally intelligent enough to realize that, you don't have to conform to this idea of I have to tell people why this didn't work. Yeah. It's just weird, man. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what it really boils down to is um, being self-aware and then understanding right. um, that you should think before you do certain things. Well, you know, a lot of times, it's like like we said with the social media posts, it's just an emotional thing, right? right. You You get on there and you posting on your story, whatever, like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever scenario it is. And, you know, what I, what I tend to do is, um, sometimes I'm a, you know, you could tell by the way that I speak that I think about things a lot. Yeah. So that also translate to the way that I text people sometimes, right? unless I'm just having like fun or whatever. But, you know, if we're having this, you know, deep conversation about whatever subject matter, or even if something, even if a person does something that bothers me, um, or something happens that bothers me, what happens is if I type it out and I can't, like, if I type something and then I can't actually put the words together, or it's it's seeming like it's, um, like I'm struggling to find the words to find what I want to say, or if I'm, you know, if there's too many typos or whatever is going on, or if the text message is too long, yeah. I'll just delete it and move on with my day. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
because it's like I know that, you know, whatever is going to come out on the other end probably won't um, won't benefit me or the person that I'm talking to. 100 percent. Yeah, I think I think one of the things uh, to having a high emotional IQ is understanding your energy. Yeah. And, you know, redirecting your energy. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You realize that, you know, uh, think something you say in a text message could be taken out of context if yeah. you just use certain words. Yeah. So when you're when you're cognizant enough to know, like, yo, maybe if maybe I shouldn't send that emoji, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't say this specific thing. It all comes down to that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's certain things people could text you where you don't know if they mad or if they serious. I mean, yeah. if they laughing or if they serious. Mm-hmm. But if you're aware of that, then you understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, that's real. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes where where I get caught up in, you know, you know, somewhere where I need to grow is that um, sometimes for me it's it's a situation where I'm trying to to help someone, right? And you know, it, it's an easy fix in my mind, right? For whatever you know, whatever the case may be. Like if you if you see someone. Like, you know, if it's a relationship problem, it's like, yo, bro, just like break up with this girl. It's not that hard. Right. But you, you have to be mindful of those things because, it, you know, you know, in a certain tone or, you know, especially in a text message or even in a, in a conversation, yeah, it on. could come off a certain way. You know what right. I mean? So I think, uh, you know, that's where uh, I'm still growing as far as, you I know, being my emotional intelligence. Yeah, that's true. But I don't really know if it's so much that, too. I think it's sometimes when you know the person that's asking the question Mm -hmm. and they're not very credible and they say, what should I do? And then you also realize they're probably not going to even take the advice. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, yo, stupid. Just break up. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think that, you know, um, emotional IQ is going to come into place when, okay, for example, excuse me, I had a chick call me weird because... um, she starts like we had got it on and then afterwards we're just chilling and, and grabbed a beer and she's kissing me and like I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Like I wasn't feeling it like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's just what you wanted to do. You just wanted to fuck me. And I was just like, <laughs> and I was like, what? And she, I was like, that's not true. But it was true. I just want to fuck her. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she was almost like she was, I guess, I guess you could say mad or I won't say mad, but like kind of upset. That I did not reciprocate the same energy. But if she was emotionally intelligent enough, she would have understood that I wasn't vibing the way she was. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to be more aware of things like that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't mad at her or anything. I just, I eventually, I just told her, like, yo, I'm just not looking for that. But the truth of the matter was, I wasn't looking for that from you. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can't really tell people that. Why do women be want to kiss so much? I don't know. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the kissing is cool, but it's a little more intimate to me. Yeah, I, think I feel it, you. You I can't mean, just be kissing on no girl. You just smacking. Yeah, we could kiss a little bit, but I don't want to be just sitting there kissing all day. And then mm-hmm. it's like it to me. It's like you're looking for something. It's deep. a pa- like a passionate thing. Right, right? it's yeah. passionate. Mm-hmm. It's like you know. It's, to me, it's just weird. I don't like leading women on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's leading them on, but I'm like passionately kissing you. Mm-hmm. And then I fuck you, and then I'm not trying to, you know, take you seriously. Now yeah. it's making me look like I'm a bad person when I know I'm not a bad person. Yeah, am I a bad person just because I want to get some pussy? Like yeah. that does. I don't think that makes me a bad person. Mm-hmm. I make my intentions very known. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. And I'm not forcing anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Yeah, and like, and also fuck? you can't you you 
in those situations, it's kind of a lose-lose. Because right. you can't be 100% honest because, right. you know, women or, you know, people in general don't have, you know, the mental the mental fortitude to understand those situations. Women aren't built for that, bro. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you were just like, hey, I just kind of want to have sex with you. There's, there, I've run into some people that are that blunt about it. Like, what, like you know, before we ever, you know, do any sort of, you know, sexual activities, mm-hmm. I want to lay down some ground rules. Like, we have a sexual relationship. Right, right, right. Um, I'm not looking for anything more or anything less. And, you know, we, we do our thing and then go on about our day. And he'd be like, dang. But, you know, for the most part, it is those situations where right. you smash a girl or whatever. And you, you're not necessarily, um, you know, you ain't take her on no dates or nothing. Right. You know, y'all just meet the, up. Just the initial ones. Yeah, you take her on the initial date. And then the second date is you hitting her from the back. And, uh, <laughs> yeah but you know and for for whatever reason you know some some people may not get it and you know it and that situation wouldn't play out if you were able to be 100 percent honest about you know true about your intentions because people yeah you know girls be one to feel um no one wants to feel like an item or a true. hoe or just a sexual object so true. you kind of got to you know, but but what I've noticed, what I've noticed is, is women don't want to feel that way, which I 100 percent agree. I don't think that anybody wants to feel that way. But when they are in the mood to treat you like a boy toy, yep, that's when they're like, well, he should know that there was nothing serious going to happen. He <laughs> should know better than that. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when the shoe gets flipped on the other foot and then I come and fuck you and you actually start liking me. Now I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women need to be more self-aware when it comes to that. And what I mean by that is, is like, if you want to get your thing, you want to get your grind on, you're a grown woman. You it's, That's completely fine. Yeah. Right. But if you start liking a dude, that's not his fucking fault. Mm-hmm. You need to be more emotionally intelligent and know this person's just trying to fuck. Yeah. You know, if, the, if and you got it has to be unsolicited. You can't. Expect a man to just be like, well, actually, I like you and I want to take you out. You need to tell, like, is this motherfucker just coming over and get some pussy? You know, or is they are they are they actually care? You mm-hmm. know, yeah, this nigga getting phone this calls. Nigga DJ calling me. Why is DJ always calling during the fucking podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you you should put him. You should answer the phone real quick. No, it might it might get ugly. It, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be yeah. I'd be you having know. to. Uh, Certain people I can't answer their phone calls. Right away, so, right? You yeah. don't know. It'd be the like, wrong. Keith, where the hoes at? I'd be like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, you know, be crazy. Uh, you get a phone call, you answer it. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm on a podcast. Oh, you on a podcast? Look, I fucked this bitch, right? Uh, like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, bro, we got female listeners, man. You can't be talking about that. Don't y'all be talking about pussy? Yeah, <laughs> but they're cool with it. Yeah, it's general stuff, man. Look, whenever, whenever we crack jokes and talk about pussy on the podcast, and we have female listeners, let me be very clear, right? This shit is for comic relief, first of all. Second of all, we unapologetically will continue to do this yeah. because if you rock with us, you do. If you don't, you don't. Because your favorite artists, like The Weeknd, 
He talks about women sucking his dick and snorting coke off his dick, and you love him, right? Yeah. You fucking love him. Mm-hmm. I'm heartless. You're going to suck my dick in the basement. Yeah. And you love that shit. Yeah. Don't listen to us and get selectively outraged <laughs> yeah. because we out here talking about pussy, okay? Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah, true, man. I it's think, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like we said, obviously, I, 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 I said it before, but yeah, you know, we we crack jokes in our normal life, but for right. the most part, like all we did today was watch the Forty Nine er game. You know, no sort of uh, references to Pussy Juice or anything ever no. came up. No, we were just there. pissed off because this nigga Lamar Jackson is really good. Yeah, he's very but, good. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's just jokes, podcast jokes, man. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love you guys, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stick around. Some of y'all do got some good pussy juice. So. Oh, man. Yeah, only the finest. <laughs> be, I feel like doing a Dose Equis commercial <laughs> instead of that but with pussy. Be like, I don't normally eat pussy, but when I do, <laughs> I drink those panocha. Those, uh, those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that would be so dope. That's good stuff. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> Stay juicy, my friend. <laughs> 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 oh, dang. All right, switching gears. Uh, yeah. Black Friday. Um, Black Friday. To me, this means absolutely nothing. And the reason why Black Friday means absolutely nothing to me is because I'm not a person that um, thinks that getting something on this day because they lowered the price is like an opportunity for me. I don't see any value in that. If I don't genuinely need something, I don't want to go buy it because it's for a lower price. And what did, what I forgot what we talked about last year about if you get this for this, then you get this for this also. And it's like I'm not gonna let you upsell me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just you're you're still getting money from me that I should not be fucking spending. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like that's not that's not gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna. I've had the same TV. I'm gonna end up because I'm gonna be relocating here soon. So I'm gonna get another TV. I'm gonna put this one in the living room in my room, and I'm gonna get like probably like a sixty inch or something like that. Yeah, I get like a sixty two inch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not dying for a motherfucking TV like that. I'm not like I need a sixty two inch man. I don't think I'm gonna live like. Mm-hmm. No, we need food and water. Yeah. Everything else can wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. Um, I think I sent it to you and a couple other people. Uh huh. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, the that um, it was like a little uh, meme or you know a little uh, infographic type thing. Okay. But it basically said um, if something along the lines of um. If you have a thousand dollars, or if you if if something costs normally costs a thousand dollars, and um, you uh, and this three hundred dollars off on sale or something like that, right? And you spend seven hundred dollars to actually purchase it, you're not actually saving three hundred dollars, right? You're just spending seven hundred dollars, exactly. Yeah. So that's you know if you if you go into it, um. The Black Friday weekend with that mentality, you'll realize that you're just you're just spending money. Right. You're not you're not you're not really getting a deal or whatever. 
obviously they're knocking the price down yeah you know and it's and it sounds cool and it feels like you're actually yeah. like yo i'm not spending a lot of money but in react in reality you're still spending a lot of money right and it's funny how many people fall for this shit yeah because it's putting you in a bind basically they've pulled the car salesman i don't usually sell it for this low but i'm doing it for you man and you so dumb yeah. you fall for it and the offer the offer is off the table if you leave the lot i can't you know if you leave the lot and come back I'm, I'm, I, I ain't no telling the car might be gone right so all these it, like this that what they call like that scarce mentality yeah or whatever. yeah yeah the, the scare yeah to scare you into getting it mm-hmm. but here's the deal this is what you do if you ever have a car salesman tell you like i could sell it to you for this but if you leave then I can't guarantee you. What you do is you send a friend up there to get the same exact fucking car, and then he'll say the same thing yeah. to him mm-hmm. because it's a game. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to play the game, and a lot of times the best way to play the game is not to play it. Yeah, exactly. Keep your money in your fucking pockets, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I will. I will say though that um, obviously the, the Black Friday is. There's a bunch of nonsense generally, but if there's a certain thing, like um, especially if you're some sort of entrepreneur or something like that, it's this is a great time to take advantage of certain sales. Oh, definitely. You know, for me, I've I've been uh, saving up to buy a camera, and um, I haven't seen any sales on it, but I have seen like sort of like financing uh, uh, events going on as far as like the thing. Like the camera I want, it it costs a lot, so most people finance the camera. Uh, but they have a certain sale going on up until um, tomorrow, so that's why I have my. You know. On what website? Um, this nigga farted. Farted loud. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving. This <laughs> is it's this thing called B and H. It's like a camera equipment Bitches website. Holes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> they got a Pornhub affiliate. <laughs> thing going nah but uh but yeah it's a, it's a camera on there that i want to get so oh. um i may use this as an opportunity to do it but I, at the same time like if i do end up spending a little bit more money later on you're not really missing out on much you know what i mean like it's you know obviously like you you would like this opportunity to save money but don't right. spend money before you're ready to spend money right that's stupid because mm-hmm. eventually you're going to come into a situation where you you know you you can use money as leverage for situations that you know for like emergencies mm-hmm. then the average they said the average person does not uh have money for a 500 hundred dollar emergency yeah right? but it's funny how you see a bunch of people in the lines at Best Buy on Black Friday. Right? Yeah, like where's all this money coming where, from? Where's all this money coming mm-hmm. from? It's money that you don't actually fucking have, but you're yeah. spending it because you feel obligated to do it. You ever heard someone be like, man, I'm I'm thankful that I paid off my credit card this month. Right. It's like, yo, like why are you in the first, like why in the first place are you spending money that you don't have like that? Yeah, that's crazy. Like whenever I have a, you know, a low limit credit card, but even me, like if it, if it starts to get pretty crazy you know within a you know a couple of days or something like that i make sure i just send my money like my real money in to pay it off yeah because you know i just don't like that feeling of you know having you know suit like a lot of debt like that yeah fuck that nobody wants that wants mm-hmm. debt man mm-hmm. you, you want to make sure you especially you're getting older you want to make sure your credit's on point you want to make mm-hmm. sure all these things yeah. all these things matter in the real world but you know what doesn't matter Black Friday, yeah, buying all this bullshit, buying this shit don't boost your credit score. Mm-hmm. There's probably a bunch of people in that line with horrible motherfucking credit. They buying these TVs, man. Mm-hmm. My advice is take that four hundred, five hundred dollars that you spent on that TV that you didn't need. That could have went to your credit. 
Yeah. That could have went to fixing Paying some, some accounts. And, yeah. Fixing some accounts, getting mm-hmm. your shit together. Because what happens too is, is um, having a better credit score or just being in a better financial position will heighten, it will heighten the important, well, it will heighten the value of your money. Yes. You'll get, definitely. you'll get more on that dollar. Yeah. Right? Like if you, let's say you make seventy five thousand dollars a year, but you got fucked up credit, you probably actually only make like fifty eight thousand. That also increases your net worth, right? Because for you know most of, most of the possessions that people, most of the possessions that wealthy people have that mm-hmm. also have good credit mm-hmm. are being leased. A hundred percent. The house they ain't paying cash for the house. They're mm-hmm. not paying cash for their car. Nope. They payments may be like two something a month, three something a month. Yeah, the house, shit. you know, they lease on the house is probably like, you know, fifteen hundred or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the value of the house is like three hundred thousand. You're right. You know? three, they got a really nice car, and they right. and, and also be leasing it, they're one ninety nine. Yeah, they're they're the the payments are low, and they're holding on to that car up until the warranty is out. Then they're swapping it out for the new 2020. And then after yeah. 20, 2020 is up, then they're swapping it for the 2021. And they got a fresh car that's always under warranty. Nothing mm-hmm. ever goes wrong with it. And, you know, it's probably a Toyota or something that yeah. lasts forever anyway. So that's the leverage that's the mm-hmm. leverage you get when you have good credit. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. I remember it's, it's cool that, I mean, you know, we, we talked about, you know, just our our maturation but right um yeah i was just telling you earlier what my credit score was and it it came from you know dang near like a hundred went up like a hundred points or something over yeah. the past um year or so so That's it's just good, it, it's it's a good feeling to be be in that position but it all you know as much as credit um is important you actually have to have money to make your credit yes you have to that's the key Mm -hmm. like if you're working a job that's not paying you that much money or you're in a situation where you know you can't you can't really work on your credit Mm -hmm. then your shit's gonna stay fucked up so i encourage everyone who's listening and your credit ain't great and you know it ain't great you gotta make more money i don't know what you gotta do i'm not saying go suck a dick I'm just saying, yeah, find a job mm-hmm. or find something or a trade that's going to pay you more. You, yeah. you have to go through the process of you may not like where you're going to work next, but mm-hmm. that job is going to bring you more money. And with that, with more money comes you having uh, uh, being more responsible, fixing your financial situation. And then from there, you can start to leverage your credit and your um, uh, your credit and You'll be more able to get a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, I mean, you know, we've done things with the podcast on you know certain PayPal credits and stuff like that, right? Just to, you know, and that's just more, more, and more leverage. And you know, just right. like the camera I was talking about, it's a, it's a nineteen. Well, with all the the fixings, it's like twenty seven thousand. Um, I don't have twenty seven thousand dollars laying right. around, but right. you know, if I have good. If my credit is good enough when I apply right. and I have a down payment, then I'll be able to get the camera. Right. You know what I mean? And I'll be able to make money off of that thing. You know All right. I mean? So that's the thing. It's like, you know, you're going to pay however much however much each month from for, you know, having that camera. But the amount of money that I can make having that thing is, um, is far more than the actual payments. Right. But it's really just boils down to... Is your credit score good enough? Mm-hmm. Do you have a down payment? And then you know, you're what able to make a down money. payment for something like that is probably at least like three grand, thirty five hundred. 
Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even sure. I think you know some of the. You know, I guess it depends on your 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 uh, credit score and your history. Is you know, so it's that'd be dope. Crazy. That'd be dope if you have your like you have like a profile where your camera, your equipment, everything is hooked up. Mm-hmm. And you have different um, uh, production companies that you know might want to use your services. That's how that's how it happens. Really, wow. is um, not really the production companies, but. A lot of yeah. independent, yeah, uh, m- I mean. m- music videos and you know little uh, productions here and there, documentaries, stuff like that. Oh, wow. If you have a relationship with these people and they know you have a camera, they'll just hire you on. Wow! You know? And then you get an extra fee for actually being the actual operator, but oh, then wow. also they pay you extra for your equipment. That's so dope. you know, That's having dope. equipment in in the film industry is like, especially in the independent world, is like above anything else you know so that's dope man yeah i got a plan yeah you gotta have a plan you gotta start out with something Mm -hmm. all right so uh to make a long story short if you have indulged in black friday i hope you actually got something you really needed um also um mm -hmm. i'm selling dick for black friday so um all right we said black friday not black cock (laughs) friday (laughs) yeah there was a dude that was naked they arrested him on uh, Black Friday, he was out there naked. He was high on some drugs. Really? Yeah, it was a black dude. And then so, uh, the comments were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. This this one chick's like, I guess he uh, took Black Friday ser- like he took the term Black Friday seriously or whatever or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's crazy. I seen uh, this video on Twitter. It was a guy who was performing music. Like he was a rapper, but he was just naked on stage. What? Yeah, and the fans was throwing water bottles, and it was it, the concert seemed pretty lit. But what dude was butthole naked on stage rapping songs? He was rapping like, "Look at my dick! Look at my motherfucking dick! Look at my dick! Look at my dick!" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, he's like they'd be making the news like a rapper by the name of Little Dick was uh, up on stage today." It's <laughs> uh, Big Dick James. <laughs> Gold all of my dick. <laughs> Gold all of my balls. Don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. All right, man. Well, if you've been listening to this episode, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Episode 88, man. Dang. Back again. 88. Right, the Des Bryant number going. Wow. All right. For well, some reason, I always relate the podcast number to like an athlete's number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Michael Irvin's 88, too. Yeah. The original. All right, fuck them both. They're cowards. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you've been listening to this podcast. Thank you. It's the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Finks. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>